Welcome to the Valleybrook Community Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us online today. You're about to hear a message from our current series, Be Rich. Scripture says that the way to be rich is by giving, serving, and showing God's love. This series will explore what the Bible says about this and how God wants us to respond. And along the way, we'll look at some foundational principles for being rich. To watch any of our previous messages or find all listening platforms, we encourage you to visit www.valleybrook.cc forward slash on demand. Enjoy. Good morning again. We're so glad you're here. If you're a guest worshiping with us today, we're thrilled that you're here, and we hope that you'll come back and join us again on the following Sundays. We're in the middle of this series. It's called Be Rich. You just saw our, our buffer video. And there's this little phrase in the book of First uh, Timothy where Paul writes to his, his young, upcoming leader, and he says, command those who are rich in this world to be rich. Now, we've been unpacking that over the last couple of weeks, and, and uh, we're going to unpack it some more today. And so I'm going to invite some friends up, Jen Matthews and Mike St. Pierre. So please give them a warm Valley Brook welcome as they come up and share. Well, again, thank you both for being willing to share today. And I recognize that uh, uh, you know, that's a great sacrifice when people are, are willing to come forward and, and just be open and honest. So we're going to talk today, we've talked about uh, loving, we've talked about serving. Today we're going to be talking about giving. So I'm going to ask uh, Mike first, uh, what led you to start giving? I started giving as a child, only because my mother said put the coin in the plate when it goes by. Yeah. But uh, uh I found that uh, a lot of satisfaction from doing things for others, and it wasn't just putting the coin in the plate. It was, uh, you know, helping out others. And it started with my mother, and also continued on with people from the church I went to in uh, Dover, New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, if someone had a heart attack and my mother found out that a lawn needed mowing, that was my job. <laughs> and uh, if uh, someone found out that they couldn't go to a reunion or something because they couldn't find a babysitter, that was my job. <laughs> and uh, I uh, ended up enjoying you know, helping others you know, and serving others. So uh, you know, more than putting money in a plate, yeah. uh, doing something that you could see a result from yeah. was always something that was very uh, good to me. Uh, as I grew with my uh, young church friends and my involvement, I became an usher in the church, mm-hmm. which I still yes. continue to do to this day. In high school, actually, I yeah. started when uh, John Taylor, uh, the head usher of that church, asked me to do that. He was also my Sunday school teacher. And uh, you know, I would serve in the men's choir on Sunday night services. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was because the women who sang in the choir in the morning, many of them didn't come to the evening service, so <laughs> we developed a, a men's choir for evening services. Gotcha. Um, I sometimes found that it was uh, interesting to see what pastors would do to get you to serve. You know, Not that I know anyone personally, <laughs> but... Uh, uh, I, when I was in college, I was put on the nominating committee of the church to find people to you know, volunteer for positions that were open within the church. 
which was not explained to me was that if I couldn't find someone to take that job, guess what? Uh, speaking to the former assistant uh, Sunday school superintendent. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, you know, serving to me has been the more important thing than just making, you know, the donation. I know how important that is and yeah. yeah. what, where that money's used. But for things that you're involved with personally, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, really, you know, uh, you make, makes you appreciate things. Uh, check my notes. When I was uh, in, in uh, going to the church, uh, I started looking for a job when I was a high school junior. Uh, our family was not well off, and I needed to have a job. And, uh, you know, God provided a way there because I got a phone call out of the blue uh, before my junior high school year from the dietitian at the hospital a mile from me, Wentworth, Wentworth Douglas Hospital. And uh, she said, would you be interested in a job? I had never even applied. Yeah, yeah. And, and later I found out, why did she call me? She had no idea who I was. She had no connection with me. But one of her best employees attended my church. And when she said, hey, I don't like the guys that have been applying for jobs here. <laughs> Brian, can you think of someone? And he yeah. says, hey, I know this guy, Mike. You might be interested. So I got a job yeah. for six years wow. that I never applied for. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of times you get, you get blessings. Yeah. Uh, you know, that you don't yeah. foresee. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, when I worked uh, at that hospital for six years, and I worked full-time while I was going to college, yeah. uh, I got most satisfaction from helping with the menus for people upstairs in the ex extended care unit we had. Because the other young people who were told, hey, go up to the... Uh, to the rooms and, and help those who need help, you know, with their menu. Most of those people were people in the extended care unit who had come from uh, nursing homes that couldn't care for them anymore. Yeah. And most of them, you know, needed help. Because yeah. uh, some of them didn't even know I was there. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. but uh, uh, I got so much satisfaction doing that mm -hmm. and with sitting and talking with those people that uh, that was the best part of the job for me. Yeah. And, uh, and it wasn't just, you know, for lunch here are your choices, which, which one would you like? Uh, I got to spend some time talking with those people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I really, you know, in, enjoyed doing that. And as many times as I thought, hey, I'm gonna get trouble for spending too much time up here with that, no one ever, you know, yeah. criticized me for the time I spent in that. Yeah, I also, uh, uh, oh, I was also asked by the pastor to uh, be the church visitor when he was on vacation mm -hmm. at, at that hospital. So I go to the receptionist when he's on vacation in the summer or occasionally at other times of year and uh, would ask at the front desk for the pastor's list for those who wanted a, uh, a visitor. Uh, and I would look for anything that said, you know, Methodist, Baptist, Protestant, anything, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we'd, we'd, we'd call on those folks. So I didn't do that all the time. It was just as a pinch, hit, yeah. pinch hitter for the pastor. Yeah. Yeah. 
but that was an, another thing I got a lot of satisfaction from. And I never realized, thought about any impact that might have made until uh, I moved to Connecticut and several years later came back to uh, New Hampshire and went to call on a friend's mother at the hospital. I went to the front desk and you know, to ask which room she was in, and before I could open my mouth, the receptionist handed me the pastor list. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. so I said, oh, you know, yeah, maybe something came you know, from that work yeah. that like, God let me have. Yeah. Yeah. That's, great. That's great. So Jen, what led you to start giving? Um, I had a lot of role models mm -hmm. uh, growing up. Yeah. And I watched them serving, mm -hmm. and it was um, willingful and uh, sacrificial. And I thought, wow, what a great people I have in my life, and I want to be like that. Yeah. At the time, I really didn't understand mm -hmm. they were serving Christ. They yeah. were you know, serving their fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, and anyone, yeah. not just their brothers and sisters. Um, and they were listening to the Holy Spirit nudge them, and they were acting on it. And those few people led me to Christ. Yeah. And so it changed, um, you know, when I gave myself to Christ, and it changed me, it changed my heart, and it changed my willingness to give. Yeah. Um, they never boasted about their giving. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, it wasn't for them. So, um, it was just a great way to learn, yeah. to see, to see the model, and then to actually come to Christ and trying myself to do that. That's great. Thank yeah. you for sharing that. So, Mike, what motivates you to give today? Uh, well, I I give a tithing because the Bible commands that, yeah. and I trust you in the stewardship of that. And I know that from time to time you will talk about. You know, 10% of this goes to missions, or uh, you know, we have a special offering for this particular organization or something. So I trust that, that stewardship. But of course, my main motivation seems to be able to actually do things for people, yeah. you know, and including really technical things like driving them to the doctor yeah. or yeah. You know, helping someone with the yard work or whatever. Yes. You've gotten a few phone calls from me asking if you could help somebody get to the doctors. And you know what? You plant a seed. Yeah. Because oftentimes I'll get a call from you that so-and-so needs this, you know, is this something you can help with? Yeah. yeah. And guess what? You don't get the follow-up calls all the time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I get the direct pipeline at that point, which, which is fine, because yeah. that, I get a lot of satisfaction out of doing simple things like that. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Thank you. Jen, what motivates you to give? Again, my role models, um, but, you know, once I f found Valleybrook as my home, um, it was a way, um, serving was a way to meet people, to connect, mm -hmm. um, but there's just so much, you do get so much reward from giving that, um, yeah, that's just really the motivation in my heart. Yeah, yeah, that's great, that's great. So there's a scripture in uh, the book of Acts. Jesus says, more blessings come from giving than from receiving. So Mike, have you experienced the blessing of giving? 
I enjoy just the thank you and knowing that I'm fitting a need that someone has. And, uh, you know, can you do this? This would help. I'd love to. I mean, I enjoy, you know, providing assistance when I can do that. Yeah. So uh, it, it's not even getting a thank you, which, you know, most of the times I do get one. Yeah. It's yeah. just knowing that this person has a need. Yeah. And whatever it is, I'm doing something that that is useful to them. Yeah. Yeah. Great, Jim. How about you? What? Uh, how have you experienced the blessing of giving? Uh, I used to commute into Hartford every day, and um, I was getting off the off ramp, and there was this woman standing at the end, and she had a sign asking for food and money, and. She just touched my heart, you know. Yeah. I saw her. She she looked hungry mm -hmm. and unclean and just struggling. And I happened to have my lunch that I made, and I, you know, that God stopped the light. I was the first one there. I spoke to her, and um, thank you. And <clears throat> so it, every day I started doing that. Yeah. And I learned her name was Donna. And Donna and I became friendly. And um, in the winter time, give her hats and gloves and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And then I stopped seeing her, mm -hmm. and others yeah. took her or spot. Um, but I saw the hats yeah. all around, and um, I, I wasn't judging her. Mm -hmm. It was just, I was, it was the weirdest thing, like looking at her. For the first time, it was just like I felt the connection, like yeah. she's God's child too. And mm -hmm. so I just felt a lot of reward to be her friend and that hopefully she, you know, needed the food and water and whatever, but it was more about this connection we were making. Yeah, that's great. Thanks mm -hmm. for sharing that. So, Mike, what would you share with others? Uh, what would you want them to know about giving? Uh, you, you receive way more than what you get. Yeah. Uh, like the example I gave, I had a job for six years that I never even asked for yeah. that helped get me through college. Yeah. And uh, you know, this, I can think of several other things that happened because of my generosity came back to, you know, to benefit me. Yeah. So uh, uh, you know, that's, that's the main uh, take back I have on that, that uh, you know, the world set in mind, I think, is I'm, I'm selfish about things, the stuff that I want. And the more that I can be thinking about other people and helping other people, it's a much better mindset to live in yeah. than, than, than wanting. Yeah. Giving is the way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Jen, what would you say? What, what would you want people to know about giving? Um, well, in terms of serving, um, I lead the accounting team here. Mm -hmm. um, I, the, the group, they're a great group of people that I didn't know before mm -hmm. the team, and I've made connections with them. Yeah. And now I know about what's going on in their life, and they know what's going on in mine, and, and we can pray for one another and be there. So we're serving, yeah. but then we have this, you know, this connection that I may not have had yeah. if I hadn't served. Yeah, that's great. Thank you both for sharing that. And before we show our appreciation, I just want to pray for you and, and pray for all of us. So Father, I'm grateful for Jen and for Mike being willing to, to share their journey of generosity. And, and Lord, I pray that it would encourage us and inspire us to, to think about 
the blessings that we receive from you when we follow your commands to be generous and to give to others. We ask that you would bless all of us in this way, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Please show them your appreciation. So you know where I'm going with today's message. So uh, today, as I've said, we've, uh, we've talked, thanks, Peter. We've talked about um, giving by, excuse me, we've talked about being rich by loving others this, during this series. We've talked about being rich by serving each other, serving others. And today we're going to talk about being rich by, by being generous. So let me go back and read that scripture that's inspired this series. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Notice that. God provides us with what he provides us with for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds and to be generous and willing to share. In this way, they will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. So today we're going to look at this idea of being generous. Now, as it so often happens in my life, I don't know if this happens in other pastors' lives, but it seems like what God wants me to preach on comes into focus in a very personal way in my life the week I'm preparing for that message. So uh, this week I had some car problems, and I took my car to a repair shop, and the repair was going to take longer than I had time to sit at the repair shop. So the manager said he would get an Uber for me. So he he called up an Uber, and um, by the way, the manager's name was Scott, and just it was very generous of him to do that because I brought my laptop. I could I could hang out if I needed to. But uh, when the Uber uh, arrived, I got into the car, and uh, the driver was playing country music. So I just said, hey, do you like country music? And he says, yeah. And we began to talk about music. And he says, what kind of music do you like? I said, well, I like country music. I like rock music. I like Christian worship music. I said, oh, yeah, I do too. And all of a sudden, the conversation just transferred over to our faith in Christ. And he shared with me about what church he went to and about uh, uh, what was going on in his life. And, and I shared with him, you know, about what's going on here at Valley Brook, about the mission trip we're sending a lot of people on in a few weeks. And as we were driving, I, all of a sudden, I, I noticed he was crying. He got a, emotional. And, and he said, you know, it, it's such a blessing to be riding with somebody who's a fellow Christian. And, I, and I just, I'm just so grateful that God has given us this opportunity to have fellowship together, to, to connect and talk. I thought about that. And I said, you know, I, I want to bless this guy. And uh, I'm embarrassed to tell you this. You know, Scott called the Uber, so the Uber was in Scott's name. So I texted Scott and I said, hey, I got a really good driver. Give him a good tip. And, uh, and then I... I felt this sense of inner conviction. It was like God was saying, uh, I want you, Clark, to be generous to him. I want you to show him you appreciate him with a tip from your own wallet. And so I heeded that, and so I did. I, I got out some cash. And uh, as we pulled up to the destination, I said, hey, you know, I, I pray the Lord will bless you today, and I just want to give you this blessing. And 
he, he, he took it. He says, wow, that's great. He said, uh, you know, I'm going to give it to the, the children's ministry at my church. And, and as I was getting out of the car, he shouted to me. He goes, God bless you too, Scott. And, I, you know, as he said that, you know, I thought, you know, it was such a blessing to spend that time with him. It, it was such a blessing to be able to be generous to him. And to be honest, it was a blessing that he didn't know it came from Clark. And I was like, wow, God, thank you. And, and, and that's, you know, that's sort of what happens in the life of this pastor anyway. And it was one of those things where I got a life lesson in generosity of giving in a financial way as we talk about that today. So let's go back and look at that verse that tells us to be rich in generosity. It begins in verse 17 and concludes in verse 18, so I'm just going to condense it. Command those who are rich in this present world to be generous and willing to share. Now, all through this series, I've mentioned every week that most of us don't consider ourselves to be rich, but when we consider what we've been blessed with compared to the overwhelming majority of the rest of the population of the world, we have to admit we're rich. If you have a car, you have something that 90% of the population of what we're added toward 9 billion people on earth, 90% of the people in the world don't have. If you earn enough money either actively or in retirement in five days to cover seven days of food, shelter, and clothing, you're richer than the majority of the rest of the world. So, so like it or not, the audience that this scripture is speaking clearly to, obviously, in North America is us. So in the Bible, God commands us, to be generous with all that he's blessed us with. And you, and you heard from uh, Mike and from Jen how they have felt that God has called them to be generous with their time, with their talents, and with their treasure. And God calls us all to do that. And it shouldn't surprise us that God tells us to do that because that's exactly what God has done with us. God has been generous with us. God has given to us freely, even when we didn't deserve it. God has blessed us in so many ways. And I would encourage you to spend time regularly thinking about how generous God has been to you. Even writing it down. Because, you know, sometimes we sort of get in that, uh, you know, woe is me kind of mentality where we think we don't have stuff that other people have. But if we stop and reflect and think about it, we will remember that our God has been incredibly generous to us, and he calls us to be generous and to share with others. The next thing I want us to look at, not just to be generous, is this, to store up treasure. The Bible tells us when we are willing to share and to be rich in generosity, it says by doing this, we are storing up treasure as a good foundation for the future that, that we may experience true life. Let me read that verse. I just sort of uh, summarized it. By being generous, by doing this, they, meaning uh, those who are rich, 
will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. So by being generous, Paul is saying we're storing up treasure as a good foundation for the future. Now, let me be clear. Paul's not talking about retirement. He's not talking about that. He's not talking about some future event like a vacation. In fact, he's really not talking about storing up any type of money or material possessions. Instead, he's talking about storing up spiritual treasure through being rich in generosity and good deeds. When he says they're storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future that they may experience the true life, he's not talking about earning one's salvation. He's not talking about doing good deeds to get God's favor. He's talking about being generous, to be about being willing to share. And he's talking about something that he knew Jesus himself talked about in the sermon on on the mount. It's in Matthew 6. This is what Jesus said. He said, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You see, from Jesus we get this same idea of storing up treasure in heaven. So, so what is God's word talking about when it's talking about storing up treasure in heaven? Well, in his commentary on the gospel of Matthew, Professor Craig Blomberg writes this, spiritual treasure should be defined as broadly as possible, as everything that believers can take with them beyond the grave. And then he gives these examples, holiness of character, obedience to all of God's commandments, souls won for Christ, and disciples matured in faith. And he goes on and he says, in this context, however, storing up treasures focuses particularly on the compassionate use of material possessions and resources to meet the physical and spiritual needs of, of others in keeping with the priorities of God's kingdom. So what he's saying here is, listen, Jesus is talking about using what God has given us on earth to be a blessing to others, to be generous, to share freely with others. And Paul takes his instruction from Jesus, and, and both Jesus and Paul are talking about both specifically and generously using our material blessings, and even our worldly wealth for kingdom purposes, purposes that grow the kingdom of God. And while Dr. Bloomberg makes a, a great point when he defined broadly spiritual treasure as anything that we, can, that we can take to heaven with us when we leave this earth, I believe the most important thing that we take to heaven are people who come to faith through our obedience of being generous and sharing with others what we have. Those are the people who, as Paul says, experience true life when we come to faith in Jesus. We understand what true life is about while we live on this earth and what true life will be about in eternity. So when we give generously of our time and our talents and our treasure, we need to remember this. We don't know how God will use it, but we need to trust that he will. 
Now, with this command to be generous, there's, there's one important aspect that I think we need to take into account, and that aspect is how we give, and, and not the means by which we give, but the attitude that we have and express when we are generous and share with others. So I want to turn to another one of Paul's letters where he tells us that God wants us to give cheerfully. So Paul wrote his second letter to the Corinthian church. He wrote two, and he told them about the Christ followers who were in the neighboring province of Macedonia. This was in Asia Minor where modern-day Turkey is. And he said, you see, the Christians in Macedonia were living in extreme poverty, but when Paul came to see them, he was surprised and, and shocked that they began to plead with Paul for the opportunity to be generous and share what little they had with the Christ followers who were still in Jerusalem living in poverty and under persecution. He says that they were eager to give. And then he challenges the rest of the Christians in Asia Minor to be eager to give too. And this is what he wrote. He said, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. So Paul surrounds this statement that God loves a cheerful giver with some statements that sound a lot like, if we give as followers of Jesus, God's going to bless us with more material blessings. In fact, there are some preachers and, and some Bible teachers who teach that. Now that's, that's a false teaching, it's a false message that if you give God money, he's going to, or give the church money, you're going to get more money in response, that you're going to get healthy and wealthy this false teaching is called the prosperity gospel, and it's a false teaching because, think about it this way, it basically makes God a servant of people to increase their wealth. And it's also a false teaching because it's sanctioning a lifestyle of pursuing materialism and an acquisition of things rather than what Scripture tells us to be generous and share with others. That's not what Jesus taught to, to acquire things. He demonstrated and taught to be generous. What Paul is saying in this verse is that God will take care of us and our needs, and that we'll know the truth of that scripture that I shared with Mike and Jen, that more blessings come from giving than from receiving. Again, he's not focused on material blessings, though we may receive them. What he's focused on is being generous, and as those testimonies shared with us today, said that there is a blessing that comes in being generous. And let me look at that last part of that verse, what God says through Corinthians. Remember, it said, then God is able to bless you abundantly so that at all time, that excuse me, so that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abound in every good work. So trusting God will be our provider, we will abound in doing 
the good works that God calls his sons and daughters to. So the bottom line here is that the Bible commands us as followers of Jesus to be generous. Our being generous mirrors the kind of reality that God has been generous to us, and God can and will use the ways that we are generous with others to bring them to faith in Christ. And so today, I want to challenge all of us to recognize that we've been called, commanded, to be generous, to give of our time, our talent, and our treasures, not for our glory, but for the glory of God. So I want to close and pray that for all of us. I'm going to invite the worship team to do so, to come up and get ready for our final song. But as that do that, I recognize this, that um, regardless of where you are in your faith, whether you're not, you haven't come to faith, or maybe you consider yourself young in your faith, or maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time, I, I recognize that these scriptures can be challenging to us because they challenge us in a very personal, private area. And yet this is what God calls us to do. And it's important for us to take that to heart. Now, I would say this, if you have heard of this today and say, you know, I really do want to be a follower of Jesus because he's been so generous to me then if you would like to become a follower of Jesus, whether you're with us online or in the room, I'm going to give you the opportunity to make that decision today and, and pray a prayer. And if you do make that decision, then I would love to talk to you after the service just to encourage you in that faith. But it's important that we know this, that, that God sent Jesus to earth to pay the price for our sins. He died to pay the price for our sins. And Scripture tells us that if we believe in Him and accept Him as our Lord, that means we begin to follow Him in faith, then he will give us the promise that he's with us through the power of his spirit in this life, and he gives us the promise of spending eternity with him. And very simply, to decide to follow him, you just need to acknowledge that, and you can do that in a prayer. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that today, and then I'm going to pray for all of us that we would be rich in giving. So if you would, bow your heads. So if this is a prayer that you want to pray, I encourage you to pray these words silently in your seat back to God. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died to pay the price for my sins. And I ask for your forgiveness today. And I accept his forgiveness. And I want to follow him for the rest of my life. We say amen to this prayer. Now, Lord, I pray for each one of us that we will receive your word that we've heard today. To be generous and to share with others as a testimony of what you've done in our lives and as obedience to the command of your word. Help us to recognize that in doing this, we can care for other people in your name, and we can show people the difference you've made in our lives. I pray this all in your name. Amen.